Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to WDGS on your podcast station. Oh my, oh my, oh my, this is your girl, Frida, your host, always delighted to bring you the most on WDGS. Listen to me, I am in a place and position of gratefulness. Grateful, grateful, grateful. I remember some years ago, two of my grandkids came to me and they were singing that song. And their mom had, they had them in the church choir. And they was going on and on. And they said, I can go on and on and on about his love because I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. And one of the things I came to discover you know, it's when you move and operate, when you wake up, when you in your in your waking up, and you're going out, you're coming in, you're lying down. When you reach a place of always grateful, you know what it does? It minimizes depression, stress, and and, and it and it can give you this peace. And see, this is the thing that I love most about Christ. You know, Christ, when he walked this earth, eyewitnesses recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When Jesus walked among the multitude and even the ministers, he just moved about his father's business. And when you get in that place and position where everything you do is not about the people, but it's about God. See, one thing I've come to learn from the fundamental teachings of the Bible, no matter how kind you may be, considerate, thoughtful, whatever you may do that you know you don't really have to do, but you choose to do because you want to do something. It may not be what somebody else wants you to do, but you know what God has compelled you to do. And so I find my strength I find much strength in being led by God. I don't even, I'm not even led by my own self. I acknowledge God in all my ways and I let him direct my path. But I can assure you based on my personal experience, it has granted me a peace to surpass all understanding. I've had my years and I've shed many tears while I sat around the naysayers. And I've sat around the bike biters. And I've sat among the hypocrites. Oh, God, help me today. And all it did for me is just drain me. And so many times when you're on a certain road in your journey, you begin to examine, as the old people used to say, the company that you keep. Because when you keep a a company that will drain your energy. When you need whatever you need for yourself, you're trying to maintain and survive to be about your father's business. You know, I just recently read a post on Facebook, a person from my hometown, and that particular individual, I can recall from childhood that we grew up in the same neighborhood. And she always had this softness about her soft-spoken, you know, and and just had a demeanor that I never saw her 
act up and act out. I'm not saying she didn't. I said I've never experienced it. But she had a post on Facebook. And she said, I just want to thank God for being a survivor of cancer. She said, I was diagnosed seven years ago. And I'm a survivor. And I want to thank God more than anything because it could have been another way. It, it, it is so much encouraging to me to see testimonies of people who in the midst of the storm, they've had to be resilient. They've had to stand strong. They've had to push on and press on. Nothing keeps me going more than testimonies with somebody else. It could have went the other way. Even myself. I think back over my life sometimes. And I reflect, revisit, rewind. And I think about all the times that God had to process a power in me to keep pushing and keep pressing. And so this is where I migrate to. I love inspirational stories. I love inspirational stories. Let me say that again. I love inspirational stories. People who have pushed past all the the adversary have thrown at them. And instead of murmuring and complaining, they are grateful and thankful. You know, when I used to sit in the midst of people that I used to hear murmur, complain, and whine, I would exit myself. I only made exceptions to family members. And even in that, I used to sit back and say, oh my God. Can we just be grateful? Can we be thankful? You know, one of the things when I read the young lady post on Facebook, I thought about the DJ from back in the day. His name was Soul Cycle. And I was a teenager, you know, this was back in the, in the 70s. And one thing Soul Cycle had, this cliche, at the end of every one of his broadcast on the radio and he would say, don't walk around with your head in disgust because things are never so bad that they couldn't be worse. Soul cycle. Go on with your bad self. And the thing about it, he was so absolutely correct. We don't have to walk around with our head in disgust because things are never so bad that they couldn't be worse. So, you know, I took that and I made that a part of my bag of nuggets. And no matter where I found myself in the midst of, I always reminded myself things are never so bad that it couldn't be worse. See, my mind can articulate how worse things could have been. I mean, even when things were worse than worse, if that's such a thing, or they was bad and real bad, I still remember it could be worse. You know, I could have been living in a place like we see people's children on TV. And I can't stand watching it. It's some things I just never been able to partake in. In watching and putting in my spirit and feeding in my spirit. And ever since I can remember from knee high to a duck, whenever I would see those sad children on TV without food, without proper water, I just could never sit there and watch it. 
You know, I just never could. It always made my energy feel bad. And some things will make your energy drain. And that's why we cannot march to the beat of other people's drums and expect us to feel equal. Because it don't always work like that. Some people can watch it long enough, give donations, and keep watching it. But me, I will hurry up and take a number down and choose to donate to that, those children, and I will turn the channel. You know, every year they used to do the Jerry Lewis Marathon. And this is what they would pull up and show people. And people, I would pray for. They had the stomach to not just televised it, but they would be literally over there with hands on helping those children. And I pray for God to give them strength. And see, this is what I learned to do many years ago. Sometimes people be in places you just cannot digest, but you can still assist them. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. And that's why I've never been one to fall out with people concerning their choices. Because more than anything right now, I'm so purpose-driven by my passion of being about my father's business. This is why sometimes I go hard on my podcast. I talk the way I talk. I try to appeal to the process of the mind because I'm patterning myself, not for the people or by the people, but by the word of God. And so when I go in and I study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, I understand the passion of Christ was for the people. But there were many people who still mistreated him. No matter how much he did, no matter how much he showed them, at the end of the day, if I can give a need from where I am or whatever the God leads me to do, I'll do that. But people still had something negative and nasty to say about it. And so when you find yourself in the midst of naysayers that love to say all the negative they can about you, what do you do? Well, I tell you for me, because I'm not giving anybody advice for themselves. I've come to the place to learn. You try to tell people what the Lord say. You try to tell people what's right. And they'll throw you under the bus and make you wrong. So I'm sticking to my testimony. What worked for me? And that doesn't mean what I eat and digest. You might be able to. But I'm just sharing with you what worked for me. And what worked for me was begin to study as much as I possibly can to have the mind of Christ. And one of the things about adopting the mind of Christ, what you are led to do is going to seem so unorthodox to many people if they don't have the maturity that you have in Christ. See, Paul talks about the carnal mind. And Paul makes it very simple and clearly when he says the carnal mind cannot understand the ways of the spiritual mind. And it doesn't matter how many times you try to explain yourself because people are drain you, drain you, and drain you trying to seek out, figure you out, and, and, and make, make negative comments about you when they don't even know and understand. Have you ever had people... 
that, that'll call you and they want what they want from you. They want to get out of you what they want. They try so hard to get out of you what they want. And they don't have a clue of what you're going through. They don't have a clue. Because instead of you choosing not to share with people, which I can't stand that anyway, I don't feel I need to regurgitate my reasons, my rhyme, my actions of my going in, my coming out, my lying down, my rising up. If I'm not calling people on the hello phone, bring what time you go to work, what time you going to be there, what time you doing it, when you going to do that, why you did that. If I'm not doing it to people, you know why? Because I'm not a person to people over the fence. What you do to make your grass green, I'm not going to even come and question you. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to show me the way. You know, once upon a time, we lived in a time where you might could go ask your neighbor. But we see what even happened recently in Ocala, Florida, from a person just simply wanting to go ask their neighbor. So now I tread very, very lightly. And that's how I understand Jesus more and more. Because let me just share with you what I love most about Jesus. He knew people talked about him. He knew people said all manner of evil against him. And it wasn't just the multitude and the, and the, and the, and the wine bibblers and the tax collectors. It was also people in ministry. People in ministry positions from the synagogue. It was the Roman soldiers. I mean, people always had, and it's amazing, something negative to say about a person. Jesus said, but what have I done to you? Have you ever asked that question? What did I do to you? Not what I didn't do for you, but what did I do to you? Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Because you got a lot of people want you to do stuff for them. And they'll come against you because you didn't do something for them. But that don't mean you did anything to them. And so what Jesus did, what he did, what he did, he just continued to move to help whomever he can help when he could help them. But he didn't help people for them. He helped people because God led him. God led him where to go, where not to go. I, I, I think back about the story in the Bible. When Lazarus, when Lazarus passed away, Lazarus' sister got real upset because she felt that all Jesus had to do was just show up before he died and he could have lived. And so, and so, but this is the thing, if you study this, and I'm going to drop where you can locate it in the Bible. Jesus said he didn't go because it was not his time. God did not lead Jesus to do things. And this is where we're in a dispensation of time. If you don't know the voice of God, and you don't know how to be led of God, sometimes we get in God's way trying to give people what they want instead of doing what God leads us to do. And we have it very, very heart-touching in our own culture. Where we just really want people to do what we think is best for us. Never mind the fact we want them to overlook what God say and do what they say. Overlook what God want and do what they want. And see, when you find that spirit, 
that does not offer a compassion and an understanding to just say, well, whatever God leads you to do. Because, see, I got a famous quote, my personal famous quote, that God led me to help solidify me. Whatever anybody do, that's between them and God. I'm not falling out with nobody, but whatever God leads somebody to do, that's between them and God. I don't question people. I, I, I don't make it my day to get up and worry about what somebody else put on their plate to eat. That's not, that's not for me to do. See, I matured to this place. I used to do it back in the days. Used to sit among the gossipers, the naysayers. But let me tell you something. They drain so much energy from my spirit. That's why my spirit is so free. That's why my spirit is so light. Because I'm about my father's business. And I can live like that and be okay. I'm actually better than. Because, see, I understand. They are cardinally minded people. And the cardinal man will never understand the ways of the spiritual man. Whoever they meet, whoever you meet, whoever come into your life, whoever exit your life. If you've gotten to a place and position where you know that you're spiritually minded, carnally minded people will always find fault. That's what they did with Christ. They was always finding fault. And instead of them embracing Christ in their presence to say, here's a man that can help heal my life. I thank God. Here's a man that can open my eyes to see. Here's a man that even God granted the power to raise the dead. And no matter how many people saw these miracles, listen, when Lazarus got sick, Instead of them saying, well, whatever God lead Christ to do, because Jesus know Lazarus is his friend. But Jesus didn't move because of the people. Oh, God help me today. He didn't move for the people because that's what they wanted. He moved in the appointed and assigned time of God. And that's why now I stay in the four Gospels. Because I need all my strength to have the mind of Christ. And when you get in that place to have the mind of Christ, what people say about you, it'll bounce off of you. And you won't fall out with people. Because you can begin to have your eyes open to see. And your ears to hear. And it be in tune to what the Spirit is saying. Listen to me. Be grateful. Be thankful. When you find yourself and look for inspirational stories, there are so many people that have encountered tragedies, trials, tests, tribulations. And what separates them to stand strong in the face of adversity? What separates them to fight with all their might. What gives them the strength and courage, you know, when I see and I glimpse at, which I don't keep my TV on it either, the children at the St. Jude Hospital and their parents that are there day in and day out watching their children, their babies suffer. I can't watch it, but I can donate to it. I can do what I can to assist them. And I pray for them. Because let me tell you something. I never experienced that. 
That's why I say something could always be worse. It can be worse than what it is. These people have a long, drawn-out life where they have to watch day in and day out. They're little babies. They're little children. Suffer. Being stuck with needles. I did a little, I came a little close when I lost one of my children, but to just think about those people, I, that's why I say things are never so bad that they couldn't be worse. No matter what I found myself encountering, I always thank God in spite of. You know, I recently had a very close and dear loved one. And I was amazed. People didn't pour out to me. And they knew that she and I was the closest thing that I had throughout my entire life journey that was the only link left in the whole world. My grandmother was gone. My grandfather was gone. My uncle was gone. And these are the people that was a link into my house. So the last person transitioned in January. And I really thought that maybe, just maybe, as a comfort and support, I didn't have no one else to have that link left to in the whole world. There's nobody else that I can see that I shared a dwelling with and we can sit down and talk about what we remember. But you know what? In spite of it all, for everybody who didn't call, not just why she was transitioned, but even when she was alive. Now, that was my greatest hurt. See, see, because once she transitioned, the hurt wasn't as, as, as there like it was before she left. Because all I could think about, you got people that'll make, make time, and they'll want you to make time. To do all the things they feel and think that you should do. But I said, here while she's living, people wouldn't even give her a phone call. And not because they might have even known her as well as I did, but because of what she meant to me. But you think I fell out with people? You think I harassed people? You think I thrown off on people? Even when she was living. And you know what I came to learn from that? And I have a cousin that he called and he had shared some things with me because he went through it with his brother. And he said, you know, Alfreda, I kind of discover people spend a lot of money and fix up and dress up for somebody don't even know they're there when they transition. He said, but people who know when they're alive, they they won't visit them in the hospital and they won't even call them. And they don't know when you sick in the hospital. That's what the Bible tells us to do. But you got some people won't do that. They, and all they have to do is say, I just call to see how you're doing, keeping you in prayer, hope and pray all is well for you. They are alive. When people say, give people their flowers while they live. I was in the hospital last year in May for three days. And I didn't really share with anyone but one. But I knew that one person I shared with, if, if, if they felt that it was, it was something good, they would have shared it with other people. I know the people that was closer than most. 
But I didn't get a phone call. I'm telling you. I just laid there. But I didn't fall out with them people. You know why? Because I'm on a passion about my father's business. And when you move according to the will and the ways of God, you don't fall out with people. You make peace with understanding. And I did many years ago. Whoever came to whatever, went and didn't come, that's who was meant to be there. Some people just not meant to be there. Some people not meant to be there. And so I don't fall out with people about whatever it is that's between them and God. As long as I know I laid there for three days, I went through what I had to go through. But you know what? I still had a peace, a harmony, and a solitude. Because while I was there every single day, I had a good time with God. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. I had a good time with God. All them nurses and doctors that came in my room and said whatever they said, that didn't even make me feel no indifferent. Because I know God is the source of my strength. And when you allow God to become the source of your strength, you won't be rattled by other people's choices and decisions. You won't have time to peep over the fence and see what other folks doing. You won't be so caught up in other people's life choices and decisions that it just knocks you off your center because you know who you're anchored in. You're anchored in God. And when you're anchored in God, let me share with you what ends up happening. You be grateful when your eyes are open every morning and you say thank you. When you be grateful in God, whenever you go out and God cover you and keep you safe to bring you back in, you say thank you. And you're lying down and you're rising up, you say thank you. Because we don't know what could be targeted to our nation and our country in the middle of the night when things we hope be right. And so I don't have time in my life, I'm serious, to exert energy into somebody else's choices that's between them and God. I don't even sit among the naysayers. I say what I say, I drop the package off, and I keep it moving. If it don't sit well in somebody's ears, it wasn't with intent to not do so. Because whatever come out of my mouth, it's still at the end of the day, I got to answer to God. Because the Word of God says, that every person will give an account for every word and every deed and even every thought that you have. The word instructs us to cast down wicked imaginations and everything that exalted itself above the word of God. When Jesus was moving about, his mama and daddy and siblings, oftentimes, they didn't even know where he was. But sometimes the disciples didn't even know, and they was rolling with him because he would depart. And he sometimes departed with himself. Sometimes he told, you know, Peter and James, come go with me. But he didn't bring the other ones to the Garden of Gethsemane. Sometimes he just went and got to himself. 
And when he went in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, guess what? He didn't come out for nothing and nobody. Sometimes when you're in your wilderness journey and people don't know what you're going through and they don't even care. I'm beginning to learn that they don't care. All they're concerned about is their feelings and their emotions. And if you don't feed them, they feel like you're not fair. Hello. They don't know what you're going through. There are things I've had to go through. You know what? I didn't even tell nobody. Then I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes when you arm people with your next move, they will talk you out of it. They will talk you out of it. Let me repeat that. They'll talk you out of it and they'll make you make a mess of your own life by by them running their mouths about your life. Hello? That's why I got to be led by God. Because if you listen to some people, they will make you mess your life up, set you back. You will take five steps forward and ten steps backwards. And, and listen, this is the meter to determine those type of naysaying people. Look at their lives. Look at their lives. I'm saying in this dispensation of time, not last hundred years ago, but I'm saying in the recent, in the last year. Let's let's put it right there. How often did they go forward and then backwards? And when you observe people, that's why I say observation is very powerful and profound. And every time you listen, they take two steps forward and five steps backwards. They take five steps forward and ten steps backwards. It's like, do they ever get on a stable ground and stay there? And when you see people... That's, that's not the case with They wouldn't get in my ear. And then you have some people, listen, 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 listen. They went all the way to the mountaintop. I know somebody. All the way to the mountaintop in their personal life, in their professional life. And then they fell and great was their fall. That's why you got to stay in humility. We must stay grateful. We must stay humble. We must stay stay thankful, regardless of what anybody do. Listen, I'm grateful if I pick a penny up off the ground. I say thank you and put it in my pocket. Because little becomes much when we put it in the master's hand. I'm just a grateful, thankful person. And that always keeps me liberated to be open and forgive people. When you harbor and you hold and you stir up discord and hate, it'll make you fall backwards. It'll make you lose your concentration on your own life because you're so busy worrying about everybody else's. And that's why whenever I insert myself to be a help to be of assistance, listen, that means I had to put my own stuff on the back burner. But I know what God will lead me to do only but so much. Because, see, God knows me better than I know myself. So I don't concern myself what other people think about me. And this is what I want to encourage you. When you can free yourself, when you get more concerned about what do God think about you, What do God think about you? How much are you surrendering to God? Because it is God who giveth thee strength. 
It is God who giveth thee prosperity. It is God who giveth thee the breath of life. Remember, some people just want what they want because they want it. And they can survive without it. But they'll make it a soapbox and they'll stand on it and preach about it, talk about it, and sit around everybody else that's on the same old repeated, regurgitated information. But I learned something a long time ago. When you got too many people sitting around with naysayers and bids about it, I can guarantee you, they take so many steps forward and they always fall backwards. They never reach even a mountain, a small mountain or a big mountain to even come down from. Because you'll find them murmuring, complaining, judging, and fault-finding. And when you know you entertain them type of spirits, yeah, I listen to them, but I ain't going to tell no lie. As long as sometimes I be on the phone with people, boy, my ears and my spirit be so drained. And if I have to, I try my best to detox. Sometimes I have to literally go take a shower and detox. Because the whole hours and hours, sometimes I be on the phone with people. I try to insert something and say, you know, yes, I agree or I understand. But I just sit back sometimes and the whole time they just murmur, complain, murmur, complain, murmur, complain. It's everybody that didn't do this right, didn't do that right, didn't do this right, didn't do that right, didn't do this right. And I have numerous people. I'm not trying to single out no one because trust me, it's way, it's more than I can count sometimes on both hands. And that's what people sometimes I think, they must think I'm the person to call. Now I'm a coach for Christ. And I want to address people that have real problems and real issues. Not fault finding, but people who say, I want you to give me some pointers, give me some tips on how can I be better and do better. Now, I love those coaching calls, but when people just think that I'm just this, this, I remember one of my, one of the people that used to work at some apartments I lived years ago, they said, Miss Alfreda, I used to have Bible study in my living room. Mr. Dunn, and he said, why do you let so many people come dump their garbage in your ear? So many people, everybody lived out there in those apartments. He said, everybody with their problems, you let them bring it. He said, what if a dump truck came? i never forget when he told me this. And dump all that garbage in your living room from the back of that dump truck. And that's what you do. You listen to the murmuring complainers and everything they got to say is some old stinking garbage. But how many people come to you and ask you how can they be free and liberated? I know you had these Bible studies, but then they'll leave your apartment and they'll go right out there. They'll, they'll get that same garbage back in their ear and they'll bring it back to you. He said, you, 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 when you stop listening to so much garbage, he said, your house will stay cleaner. And let me tell you something. I promise you this, and I'm going to put a pin in the podcast. I did, but I still had a problem trying to listen to people that I love that would bring me stuff like that. But in this year, new year, new you, I made a solidified decision. I insert myself, but only to the point that God 
grants and allows. After that, I have to retract and retreat because I cannot continue following and pursuing my passion for, 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 for God and being about my father's business if I just get held up and tied up with other people. And they issues, like one of my friends said tonight, they issues, that's their issues. That's not mine, and I'm not making it mine. And I hope nobody don't make my issues their issues. That's not my cross to bear, in other words. Because I know how to bear my cross. I know how to bear my cross. I go to God. And I hope, that's why I say I've even had to redirect the way that I execute my messages. I used to tell people, let me inspire you or encourage you. I can't even do that no more. Because you know what I found? People will flip on it. You give them some advice, they'll flip on it. If they took it and it didn't work for them the first time, they'll blame you. They don't know that sometimes, if first you don't succeed, try again. Try, try again. But they don't want to try again. They want instant gratification. Have you experienced that? That's why I'm getting to questions now. That if you don't give people what they want, when they want, and how they want it, they will really get right, right rude with you. Because they feel like you should do for them what they want you to do. And if you're not pleasing their emotions, then they feel you ain't right. But see, I get back to Christ. Christ, it was a lot of people. When you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's a lot of people Jesus didn't please. And he had all power. And he still couldn't please the people. So just imagine, you don't have all power to raise the, the dead and open the eyes of the blind. And you think that it's not going to be people that just, they just won't find nothing nice to say about you. No matter how much nice and kindness you may have done, they could do it with Jesus. And he, he not only told them all truth and nothing but the truth, but he did so many. He passed nights. He performed miracles. And they still had something to say. So I just want to encourage you and put in the pen in the podcast. You know, when you encounter carnally minded people, this is the concept that the fundamental teachings of the Bible has instructed, the Bible instructed, to understand that when you meet carnally minded people, they're not going to understand the way you, the way you move, the way you, the way you talk, the way you comprehend, and, and they just not going to think like you. I'm saying they're not going to absorb things the way you do because the Bible has clearly said to us that the carnal mind cannot, it didn't say sometime, it say cannot understand the ways of the spiritual mind. And it goes on to say, and neither can it be. So as long as a person is walking in the cardinality of their thinking, they will never be on the same comprehension of understanding as you are in your spiritual mind. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven, listen, flow down into your lives. I'm going to drop that in the description box, what I said about the cardinal mind. 
And I think it was one other scripture that I said I was going to put in there. But I'll locate it and put it in there so you will know. These are not my words. I'm just sharing with you what God said. The decision of everything we do in our lives is always ultimately up to us. No matter how much we love people, people don't have no heaven or hell. And that can sound real cliche, but it's true, to put us in. And whatever decisions people make, whether they come, they go, they, 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 they stay, they fly away. Whether they be quiet or whether they talk. We're not in control of people's lives. And that's the best peace for liberation you can get. When you ask God to grant you the serenity to accept the things that you cannot change. But the wisdom is to know the difference. But first and foremost, you have to come out of the carnality of your thinking. We have to be purged and washed. Well, I'm not going to say you have to because you don't. I'm going to put it this way because I got to learn how to redirect my conversations. If you desire to not be carnally minded. If you find your place on your checklist that you think carnally minded, then I only know. Let me talk about me. I'm going to go back to me. That's why I say you may get sick of hearing about me. But I'd rather just put point the finger to myself than to tell somebody else. And they say, well, I took her advice and I did and this messed up and that happened. So let me just say what worked for me. And like, again, whatever I eat, it may not digest the same way in your belly. But I just know I trust God's word. So God's word works for me. God's word works for me. And in order for his word to work for me, I knew I had to walk in obedience to his word. And I'm a firm believer the more that I obey the word of God, the more I get to a place of pursuing my passion more than ever before because I'm about my father's business, my heavenly father. I have a living mother, living sisters. I don't march to the beat of anybody's drum. I have living children. I don't march to the beat of their drum. I listen to God. And that's why if anybody got a problem with me, take it to God. Because that's who I listen to. And that's why I don't fall out with people. Because whatever issues they have, that's between them and God. And I got that. And God gave me that revelation sitting in my apartment all to myself in 2008. When I was wrestling with some decisions. And God said, let that go. Because whatever they decide to do. That's between me and them. You don't have anything to do with it. I got one daughter that she likes to say, I'm going to keep my mouth off of that. Hello. Thank you always for tuning in to WDGS on your podcast station. I do love your engagement. I want to give a humble, thankful, and appreciation to each and every person. You know, I be looking at my algorithm, you know, over a thousand listeners and and, and clicks. I think today it was like 1,237. So I just want to say to each and everybody that's tuning in, listening in, how much I humbly appreciate you. You just don't know because, listen, I want to share with you the good news of the gospel. 
And may that maybe hopefully, just like I like encouraging testimonies of people of strength, people who made it over, people who came over. That's what the whole Bible is about. And and it saddens me when people want to say they have a relationship with God. But then this is what the entire Bible teaches us. How do we get strength in the face of adversity? How do we overcome? How do we embrace the promise keeper, which is God? A good God, a great God, a better than good God. And that's my goal. That's my passion. And in order to do that, Oftentimes, like with Christ, we have to keep our eyes off of people and put them in the position of the passion for Christ. Amen. Amen. I love you all, and I mean that with true sincerity. I pray that God blesses his blessings of strength, finances, healing, deliverance, and being set free will flow down into your lives, the lives of your family. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desires. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, again, I bid you all a grateful and thankfulness in Jesus' name, for Christ's sake. Amen, amen, and amen.